Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Bear Necessities podcast. I'm your host, Austin, and with me is my co-host, Reese. Reese, how are you feeling? I know it's it's Monday morning. <laughs> it's not Sunday, so you're probably feeling a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think ultimately, uh, you know, two in one start, maybe not something that all of us had pictured originally at the beginning of the season. Um, but, you know, kind of a crazy way that uh, the Bears got here. Obviously not looking you know, totally, totally awesome in the passing side of things. But as far as running the ball, I had another great game, very similar to, you know, the effort that Montgomery had in uh, Green Bay. So a lot to build off of there. But I know that, you know, to some people, it was definitely a win that felt, you know, somewhat like a loss as well, just because of the, the optics of how the offense looked at times. 100%. And I mean, like I was going to say, I can't imagine a worse feeling win uh than you know a team that we both uh, the game was much closer to how you predicted Reese um except both of us got it wrong that the Bears were going to jump up and you know put put some numbers on the Texans early in the game it kind of was a slow burn the entire game um as it's kind of been for a lot of our games the Bears have really just um I mean kind of what Iberflus has been saying tried on their both of their wins they've they've just tired the other team out and made plays when it, when they needed to um and 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 won but again like the, the the game I think the team didn't look awful um I don't really think it looked awful it's just that the most important player on the team looked terrible and that's Justin Fields Justin yeah. Fields had the by far the worst game I've ever seen out of him and it's a bit scary and you know I don't want to overreact uh because this is week three third week of a new offense and everything like that but it looked like he regressed from last year, which is definitely not what you want to be saying out of your second year quarterback week three into uh, a new offense that's supposed to, you know, totally fit his skill set and everything. Yeah. And I think that really the scariest part to me isn't the stat line or, or anything like that. I think it was just the, the, well, I wouldn't say few because there was a decent number of them, but just missed reads, you know, missing open receivers. Yep. And I still think that, you know, what Getsy did in this game, well, he was playing certainly within the strengths of the offense. Um, once again, didn't really do too much to get Fields into a, a rhythm early on, you know, so I think that that did play into a detriment. You know, I think at halftime they still only had like 11 attempts or something like that. So still a very low number of pass attempts for Justin Fields. And, you know, when it was time for him to pass the ball, then he just wasn't quite seeing the field properly, which was, you know, ultimately the main concern. And, you know, the picks, you know, especially the overthrow was it was not good. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it was it was tough to watch on that front. I do still have some hope for fields. I'm not ready to to give up on him like some people are. And ultimately, the way I view it as well is just like, what are you going to do? Bench him for Simeon? I mean, you don't learn anything. <laughs> The Bears blog would say yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you don't learn anything from having Simeon go out there. And I get that the coaches, uh, you know, want to go out there and win games. And, you know, if they're able to even improve to a three and one start, that's such a such a huge lift for, you know, not only Ryan Poles at the GM position, but, you know, primarily Matt Eberflus, who's in his first ever coaching stint. So. I get it. I get the motivation and I understand where some people are coming from, but there really is absolutely nothing that you gain this year um, by benching fields, you know, for any reason other than an injury. 
Yeah, and I don't even think that's where it needs to be. I think, you know, it's it's normal for quarterbacks to have bad games like this. Like quarterbacks do tend to have, you know, even the great ones like, you know, Josh Allen or I mean Matthew Stafford seems to have like four of these games a year. Um <laughs> like the, you know, it's normal for quarterbacks to have this. I think the concern is Seeing this against the Texans, who you know they 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 did prove a little prove me wrong a little bit. Their defense is pretty serviceable uh, this year, and I looked a little bit more into their defensive statistics, uh, and I was a little off on that evaluation. Um, that being said, I think that kind of what you're saying, I'm not even so concerned about the interceptions. Like interceptions happen, I actually don't, you know, I I don't mind interceptions too badly especially in the way that they came in the sense where it's like a timing thing like oh the timing with the tight end is off or like these those crossing routes tend to be very time heavier or justin just tried to force the ball to darno mooney on the second one um i think it was the second one which by the way that first one was not an interception i was shocked that the refs didn't overturn that um it looked for sure like the ball moved when it hit the ground um but anyways what i care more about is exactly what you're saying the missed reads um, in what seemingly at times seems to be a clean pocket. Now, this yeah. Bears offensive line has definitely been pretty poor at pass protecting. I saw PFF had them at 22nd. I think that's probably even worse considering how much Justin has to scramble to avoid sacks. I think he makes them look a little bit better. I think he makes them look worse sometimes because sometimes he'll hold on to the ball too much. But I also think think he makes them look better at times as well. Um it's those misreads and you wonder like what's going through his head. Why aren't they registering? Why is he throwing them? Some of them being wide open. Um, I kind of have a theory that I think he is the, the line, the line collapsing around him is really starting to get to him. Like, I think he doesn't quite know if he has time in the pocket. So he's looking to bail out of the pocket before he lets the ball go. Um, which by that time it turns into a scramble drill and wide receivers that were previously open or not open. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's been pretty poor. I mean, I don't know how much you looked at this game. Mustafer just got, again, wrecked. I mean, I, I you just got to hope that Lucas Patrick is able to take over at center because really anything is better than Sam Mustafer. He is – he might – he actually has to be the worst starting center in the NFL right now. And Larry Borum looked pretty damn poor again this game um i think that we're gonna end up needing to find a replacement for him in the offseason because i just i don't see it man i think he could be a swing tackle but man he just does not he gets bullied around he gets bullied around every game a couple plays uh and, and not good yeah and i think you're you're hitting the nail on the head with the the line collapsing around a part of it i think that it's getting a little bit into him and it's just I'm not sure kind of what goes on in that like second to half to like sometimes he's getting close to three seconds of clean pocket. And I think it's just that anticipation. Um, maybe some of that chemistry isn't quite there yet, but just mm-hmm. doesn't quite seem to have the confidence at the moment to just rip it and, you know, throw the receiver open or, or throw him to where he know the receiver is going to be um, because the ball would be out of his hands at that point. And instead, he's just not quite seeing it. I think it's just a little bit of, of doubt, maybe not in his ability, but in the receiver um, getting open, getting that separation. And, you know, there has been a couple of ones where the receiver definitely has separation. He hasn't quite hit him in stride, but it's a long season for a reason. Um, and it's the first three games. And <laughs> I think even the results of these games, not only just for the Bears, but league wide over the first three weeks have kind of showed you that, you know, 
on a week to week basis, football can be pretty crazy. So you really have to, you know, zoom out and look at things at a, a season long lens. And, you know, he's got a lot of opportunity over the rest of the year, um, even in this next game against the, the Giants, um, who can give up yards on defense. And, you know, it's quite the same possibility with tech, with uh, the Houston Texans, where we thought, OK, maybe they can go ahead mm. and, and, and open it up a little bit on this one. But, you know, at the same time. I do think that we're probably going to see some of the best come out of Justin Fields in the opportunities when they're playing good teams and they can stop the run. <laughs> you know, when the when the coaching staff really has to, um, you know, come up with some alternatives and can't just lean on on running the ball, you know, all the time and getting away with. I know something that you're keeping track of, Austin, which is just you know <laughs> running the ball on second and long, third and long. I mean, there were some ridiculous run plays that were called in this game that they can seemingly get away with um, just because of the the flow of the game worked out in their favor and they were able to to keep it on the ground and, and rip off some big chunk plays. And it seems like I, I just don't get it, but, and this even goes back a little bit with like Matt Nagy too, but these offenses, they will like, he, they seem to be pretty good when they start the game, pretty decent after the half. But in the second quarter, this team just goes through this like phase where it just can't stop giving up three and outs. Like it, like it. Once its initial, their initial game plan is thrown off, they just don't do any, all that much to adjust to it to what the other team is doing. Like in the middle of the second quarter, and it causes them a lot of three and outs. Um, listen, at the end of the day, with Justin Fields, I think I was really upset yesterday, and I'm happy that we waited to record this. But, um, you know, I was really. It's not at I, I've seen enough of Justin Fields where I think that this game is more of an anomaly than it is actually like a trend. Um, I don't think Justin Fields is this quarterback. I think we've seen it plenty of times when the game's gotten tough. He's actually brought the team up like he did in the first week or against the Steelers um, or against the 49ers the first time we played them last year. Um I think I've seen enough of him where I don't think that this game will uh, discredit him. And I really appreciate how much work he was putting in after the game. He was training again, which, you know, maybe be a little careful with that. Like make sure you're not going to injure yourself uh, before the game. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's good to see how much uh, he hates it. And, you know, he's straight up said, you know, I played like ass uh, in the press conference. He, well, he didn't say ass, but he says, I want to, he said, I want to use the a word like a little kid. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But he, he, uh, he, he, he admitted to it and he handled it. And the thing that I want to say um, before we talk a little bit about the rest of the team is it's not abnormal for a new offense and a second year quarterback and a team that's learning a completely new style of play. I mean, this is, this is not a, uh, you know, read style offense. This is a Shanahan inspired offense. Uh, it is a completely new, new scheme. Uh, it's not abnormal for teams to kind of struggle the first couple of games uh, until they get that cohesion. It seems like this Bears team, if one, if the line's not holding up, then the wide receivers aren't getting open. If the wide receivers aren't getting open, then the line's not holding up. Uh, and if both are open, then Justin Fields isn't, you know, in the right timing or, or whatever it may be um, in that play. What I can say is like, if you look back even to like 2018 with the Bears, when we had probably, I'm for, I hate to say this, but the best offense we've had in probably like the past seven or eight years, right? Um, they started off to a really slow start as well. Um, and I don't know if you remember this game specifically, but this game kind of reminded me of it. The Bears, their third game into 2018, 
uh, played the Arizona Cardinals. And this was the Sam Bradford, Josh Rosen-led Cardinals that was just absolutely terrible team and worse than this Houston Texans team. (laughs) Yeah, it it was horrible. And the Bears defense was going at it, man. Like Khalil Mack was going crazy. Um, Roquan Smith was playing good. Kyle Fuller got a pick. But the Bears offense just couldn't do anything. And they ended up winning the game 16 to 14 against one of the worst teams um, in the NFL. And previously they beat, you know, the Seahawks who, you know, weren't a great team that year, but somewhat formidable. And uh, they ended up starting that season uh, two and one as well. And then the next game was the game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where Mitch threw for six touchdowns. So sometimes all it needs is just for something to click. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen, and I think it'd be foolish to predict that happening, but I will say that this offense will become more cohesive shortly, and when they do, they will be a better team. Now, I still do have concerns after this game about Justin Fields, and I think everyone should be, especially just like not, not letting the ball rip. Like, I know he didn't have all this many pass attempts, but a good amount of pass plays were called this game. A, a pretty good, it was probably pretty even for the most part, at least through the half pass plays and run plays. Um, and we just need to hope that, you know, what happened in 2018 happens again, where this offense finds its footing, Fields gets on the same page with his wide receivers, and, you know, we, we are able to bring our offense to a higher level. Yeah, it just doesn't seem like, you know, if we're going to go back and compare it to 2018, it just doesn't seem like, Justin Fields ever has those same like layup throws that Trubisky did. I mean, how many times yep. do we go on and on about, oh my God, can they run like routes that go past the sticks? Or are we just going to throw another yeah. like hitch route to Allen Robinson? <laughs> you know, that man was the <laughs> hitch route king. Um, yeah. But I feel like that needs to be incorporated a little bit more. A lot of these, you know, pass plays seem like shots um, or at least like kind of mid range pass pass plays which there's nothing wrong with that Um, but you know maybe earlier on just kind of getting them into that rhythm will be beneficial Mm -hmm. and get some completions yeah get some completions going and also I think that you know you had sent me over a tweet about um, kind of teams and it seems like they're always getting a free release on like the the boot action plays right the play action then boot the other way and I think that it's just I, I fear that you know kind of this becomes such a a comfort piece of this offense that you know defenses are ready you know three weeks into the season they're already just kind of selling out on it that's the only explanation Mm -hmm. as to why there always seems to be a you know that free release end or outside linebacker is always you know staying at home and then rushing after justin so quickly is because and here's here's a secret on that as well just to interject this really quick that's why all these I-formation handoffs to Khalil Herbert are doing so well or to David Montgomery because they are Justin Fields is freezing the linebackers with his legs or with the threat of the play action. And, uh, you know, it's it's smart, but he's he, them selling out for Justin Fields is, is hurting this bear, hurting Justin Fields quite significantly. Yeah. And, you know, as the season turns and this offense kind of matures, I imagine that will change quite a bit but yeah when your main source of passing seems to be the boot action type of plays or or designed rollouts move in the pocket um well it is something that's like a comfort piece for for justin fields it's also you know biting him a little bit as you were alluding to yeah and uh you know those play action plays are really what you know are kind of feed the shanahan offense they need to do a better job of figuring out a way how to get those going um 
And honestly, with Justin Fields' legs, like that's just what what you got to do. And I think honestly, a little bit of this is like you need to have some more shallow crossing routes. Like if you're having a play action pass, a good re- a good way to freeze a linebacker from going and attacking the quarterback is getting a tight end on him that he has to cover. Right. Like it's, it's as simple as that sometimes. So maybe, you know, with those passes, you don't keep an extra running back and maybe you, uh, you know, maybe you get the tight end to, you know, fall out or just chip and then run for a route. And then those are easy completions or it gives Justin Fields a lot more time in the pocket. Um, I think this offense though, like this is the one thing I have to say, um, I don't want to be super negative, but this is the one thing I have to say this offense has an actual like legit run game, like a truly NFL elite level right now run game. Like This is a very, very good run game. And both David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert are, have been super effective. The blocking has been amazing. Second in the NFL uh, per PFF. Uh, it's been a completely different story in the run game. And a lot of this is because Justin Fields uh, offers a big threat and teams are like, even Lovey's team, they are, they are not stacking the box. You know, they are letting just they're they aren't going to let Justin Fields pass. That's kind of their goal. And while it may negatively impact Justin Fields stats, they're still respecting what he what he does a lot. I mean, how many damn times did we see all the um, statistics about how how many stacked boxes David Montgomery or Jordan Howard was going against when Mitch Trubisky was quarterback a lot? (laughs) <laughs> a, a, a damn good amount, right? And that was just because they didn't respect Mitch as a passer. It seems like the NFL does at least respect Justin's ability um, if he's not throwing it to run it, um, which is at least a little bit of a good sign. Um, but yeah, and I, I, I do have to say, like the Bears wide receivers haven't been as bad as I expected. Some guys have been getting open. The, the crappy thing is that some guys have also been dropping passes. I mean, Darnell yeah. Mooney had two drops this game. That one was for a conversion. One would have helped for a conversion. Cole Komet dropped a pass last game. But for the most part, these wide receivers are getting pretty damn open. Equinemius St. Brown's been pretty damn good um, for this Bears team. Um, what I can say, though, is is that we, we do need to just find that consistency in the passing game, especially pass sets on the offensive line. I don't, I don't understand. Maybe when Lucas Patrick steps in, it'll be a completely different story, but it's just been a major concern, right? Yeah, now. it definitely has been. And I mean, what you said about the running game, I mean, you can't debate. And the fact that it just kind of kept on chugging along, which I don't think either of us were surprised at. We both are, are very big fans of Khalil Herbert, but the fact that, you know, it didn't really seem to matter who was running the ball um, between Herbert or Montgomery, that this line is making holes. And, you know, I, I think maybe even caters to Khalil Herbert's running style even more, just because if he can get past that first and second level, yep. I mean, you saw what he did on that huge run. It's, it's time to have that conversation. Is, is Khalil Herbert better than David Montgomery? And, uh, you know, I think we we were the ones to kind of first bring that up uh, last year. And uh, we, we mentioned it very early on. Just like, hey, notice how the Bears' rushing game has been a lot better when Khalil Herbert uh, was in there than when David Montgomery was. Um, and, you know, David Montgomery has been very good this year, don't get me wrong. But uh, I think even Khalil Herbert outplayed him in the first game, too. And Khalil Herbert's game, I mean, he didn't even start the whole game. And he had, what, 160 uh, rushing yards and, and two touchdowns and 12 receiving yards. I mean, that's that's pretty insane. Um, and I, I actually went back and I looked at it. And so Khalil Herbert's only started five games for this Bears team. Here's his stats over those five games. 98 attempts, 501 rushing yards, 56 receiving yards, 
averaging 100 yards per game, 5.1 yards per attempt. Two out of the five games, he went over 130 uh, 130 all-purpose yards. I mean, that's pretty insane. David Montgomery's stats from last year, 849 yards, 3.8 yards per attempt. I mean, I just what I noticed about Khalil Herbert is he just has this ability to not take negative runs, which I feel like David Montgomery constantly has. He gets caught in the backfield yeah. quite a bit. And yeah, I mean, what I think it was, he had like a hundred and I forgot what his total number for Khalil Herbert was, but almost all of them were yards after contact. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's also, he's not quite as big of a guy as Montgomery, but it's not like he has trouble with that on the goal line too. Um, no. He's shown on basically all of his opportunities this year that he's had the ability to punch it in um, from short yardage situations. So he man. sheds blocks. He sheds blocks, man. Yeah, he he's a real player. Clue um, Herbert is something special, and I'll just say for for now we can enjoy that we have them both. Um, but yeah, when we have to make the conversation later on in the season, um, if Khalil Herbert keeps it up, he's going to have plenty of reason to kind of show why someone like David Montgomery might be expendable. Yeah, 100%. I do. Sorry, my, my thing started acting up for a minute, but it's working now. Um, I think it's working. (laughs) I just want to make sure it is because I'm a little bit. Okay, yeah, it is. I just lagging a little bit. Um, okay, what was I going to say? Sorry, that just took me completely off of it. Um, I I think with Khalil Herbert, what I also find so interesting is that he just does such a good job of being decisive, but also his when he sheds a block, he does it in a lot more limited of a motion span than like David Montgomery. With David Montgomery, he's always, you know, getting really low, shaking left to right, you know, planting his feet to run. And I think that a little bit allows other defenders to catch up with him and he doesn't have quite that home run threat. Khalil Herbert is just decisive. Will take He will even take on uh, tackles and he'll just like slightly sidestep them. Not a lot of wasted movement. And we don't normally talk about wasted movement in the sense of a running back, but it's talked about a lot in scouting circles in regards to wide receivers when they run their routes. And it's kind of the same situation where like, if you want a guy to get a couple yards or short yarded situation, I would put David Montgomery in there. Right. But if you want a guy to, you know, be your main running back, I probably have Khalil Herbert because he just presents such a larger home run threat um, than David Montgomery. And I think, the the snap share really needs to get to 50 50 um this could be like a nick chubb uh kareem hunt you know not quite as good these players aren't quite as good right but in in that type of ideal where khalil herbert plays kind of a nick chubb role which you know he has a a somewhat similar running style and i know nick chubb is a little bit bigger than him uh khalil herbert's a little faster than nick chubb but kind of the same like one cut type of action um, and can shed blockers from essentially running through them. And then Kareem Hunt being more of a, you know, finesse runner. Uh, I, man, Khalil Herbert just needs, needs, needs more snaps. He just needs more snaps. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think that that's, you know, that goes without saying. And I, at least, you know, of, of the weapons that, we know that the Bears have on this team, which <laughs> as far as the offensive side, you know, aren't in a huge number, which is part of the problem. But, you know, each of them have delivered and, you know, 
we got to see the production from from the other two as far as Comet and uh, and Mooney goes. But yeah, I want to take a second I, I, just to acknowledge the defense. I don't know if that's where you're gonna translate yeah. there. No, go um, ahead, go ahead. But I will say that you know after last week had some. I mean, we weren't too rough on Roquan, but we we're like, hey, like he was he was part of the issue in this game. Like he seemed to step too slow. Um, man, I don't know if he was listening to us or what, but he, he <laughs> came out and he played one of his best games of his career, honestly, and yeah. a, a massive, honestly, game winning. I mean, all he could have done was just return it for a touchdown, and that probably would have been even worse. I mean, he did the best possible yeah. thing, gave the Bears a, 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 you know, a layup field goal with you know not enough time for the Texans to do anything about it, and just a massive clutch play. Yeah, no, 100%. Roquan looked amazing. Uh, really followed up last week with some pretty poor tackling stints uh, through that Packers game with definitely one of his best games. And, and his impact plays came at the time the team needed it most. And that's like one of the ways I think you gauge star players is that when the when 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 things are on the line, when when big plays are needed, they make those big plays. And Roquan had a massive tackle for loss when the Texans were coming down into Bears territory. Yep. That was huge. And then he also had that interception, which he, you know, he just said it like he felt it. He It was his instincts. He just thought he wanted to take a chance on it, took a chance on it and, you know, paid off clearly. Uh, yeah. And, and actually, I think you're right. It would have probably been worse if he scored it because the, the Texans would have another opportunity with the ball. I mean, we look back at the, uh, what was it, the week two Browns game against the Jets where Nick yep. Chubb could have just taken a knee right before uh, the end zone and they would have ended the game, but he scored and and the Jets miraculously came back and beat them. Um, like things like that, you know, you got to kind of consider them. So yeah, for Roquan, huge play. What I also can say is, you know, this defense, I think the defensive line really needs help. You know, it's not, it's really not great. It's like pretty average in my opinion. Um, I don't know if it's a, a hole on the team or not. Linebackers are are pretty good, I think, and and for the most part, the secondary holds up. Um, you know, they give up yards. They have done a really, really good job in the red zone, and and even even bigger than that, they have done just way better than I even would have expected at getting takeaways. I mean, I think they had three forced fumbles this game and two interceptions. Um, and both interceptions were big moments. You know, Kendall Vildor, for all the crap we gave him, punching that ball out at the goal line to give Eddie Jackson the interception. Eddie Jackson, you know, getting those, getting that uh, second interception of the season already. You know, he's already probably feeling a lot, lot better, a lot more confident. And we know how Eddie plays when he's confident. Um, and then, you know, also Eddie forcing a f uh, fumble in that game too. just big plays. Of course, we didn't actually recover any of the fumbles we forced this game, but still just getting that ball on the ground makes defense coordinators second guess running, you know, makes running backs, you know, maybe slow down a little bit when they're running into tackles. This, these things matter. And I will 100% accept a bend, but don't break defense that gets a lot of takeaways than, you know, what we've seen the past couple of years, which is maybe they'll prevent the yards, but they, they still give up, you know, they're not going to get the takeaways. Um, hundred yeah. percent. This, this defense is, is good. And what Matt Eberflus is teaching is real. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, without question, the peanut punch and, you know, bringing in Charles Tillman and having Eberflus stress that, you know, repeatedly has obviously, you know, fell on the ears of all the defensive players. I mean, that's all they're doing is punching the ball out. Um, like you said, Eddie Jackson really finding his groove. Um, I think between him and uh, Jaquan Brisker, who's 
you know, continuing his great start to the year. They they have a lot of good things going on there at the safety position. They put um, Brisker in man coverage too, and he played yeah, awesome. A couple a lot times. of confidence too. That takes a lot of confidence in him, seriously, um, especially in a rookie season, um, to go out there and execute that. But yeah, he's been doing phenomenal. Um, so your big names on the defense have been coming out and been balling, um, which is great. And like you said, yeah, like maybe there are more of that bend but don't break. Um, they do give up some yardage. Uh, keep the big plays out in front of them. Um, but yeah, making those opportunistic turnovers and those forced fumbles, um, you know, yeah, like you said, they didn't recover any of them this week, but that, that changes. I mean, that's just like the bounce of the ball, you know, mm-hmm. and you never know when that could bounce up right in your hands and you scoop it for six or you just get the, the simple recovery by diving on it. Um, but if they can keep this up, I mean, this defense is going to be given a lot of defense or a lot of offensive coordinators um, headaches. And like you said, you, it, those kind of thoughts do creep up into your mind, not only the offensive coordinators, but ball carriers, um, you know, do you make the extra cut? And it just kind of feeds into that. Don't give up the whole big play kind of mentality. Yeah, one hundred percent. I I gotta bring this up too. Um, man, I was very unpleased with how Ibraflus handled the end of the uh, second quarter um, when we had a minute left and all timeouts, and we just phoned it in. I think he kind of recognized. I think he got a question about it and said that it was kind of on him, and he kind of recognized he did bad. I, I could be misunderstanding that quote though. Um, what I can say is that when that happened, I was furious. You don't just get drives in the NFL. Like very often games are won by a field goal or something like that. So just giving up any opportunity. I get that Justin wasn't playing that well. I get that things on offense weren't moving that smoothly. But you you just need to take advantage of opportunities. You had a minute left. You were at the 30-yard line. You could have went into a couple of plays um, and just told Justin not to turn the ball over and you would have been fine how lovey was taking timeouts to try to get the ball back and he didn't even have the ball. Um, it, it was very incredibly frustrating. And at the end of the game, when it was 2020 before Roquan had that interception, it was almost looking like a storybook ending for them to march down the field and get just, uh, get a field goal. And the bears would not be able to do anything about it because, um, they they didn't they did they wasted that one minute and that's when you you want those moments back and he ended up getting booed by the crowd for that you know maybe this is just a young coach thing you know I should I mean I shouldn't say young he's he is 50 years old he's been around the NFL for a while but young decision maker um you know process but it was pretty bad and it I, it almost pissed me off that we won the game that moment because in, in my head it almost validated what he did is that he 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 if we would have lost the game by one score, I think it would have, you know, maybe pushed him to answer some questions. Ultimately, I am happy we won the game, but I'm just saying, like, it, a little frustrating, a little frustrating that 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 decision even worked out. Yeah, and I think you know one thing we discussed as it was happening too was, man, it's not like you're getting the ball back after the half either, which it just makes yeah. it so yep. much worse when you do that. Um, because you took the words right out of my mouth, like in the NFL, you, you have to take every possession and do something with it. And I think that I'm waiting for that killer instinct, right? Like I'm waiting for this team to develop a killer instinct because playing that kind of way, 
that's playing not to lose, you know? Um, and, yep. and I feel like, you know, Iberflus has trained all these guys to really think and have a, an execution mentality to go out there and, and do your role. And I think now it's time to, to take it to the next step and be like, this is how you, you take advantage of every play, every snap, every drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I get it that maybe there's some lack of trust in the offense, lack of trust in fields that maybe he's going to try and push it too far and too hard and give up the pick. And, you know, then it backfires on you, but man, if, you know, when, when all is said and done on this season, like realistically, I, the bears could end up being like four and one, but I still yeah. think that even with that start, they're still probably uh, a long shot playoff team. Um, and in reality, like it, it just, it wouldn't matter if the bears lost this game, but like you said, it, I get that you want to get the win. It's a good thing that they got the win. Um, and, and imagine telling you know, Eberflus to go out there and, and go against his coaching style and do things that aren't going to work to avoid the win. Like this is his first year as a head coach. He's, he's not going to play any of that. He's trying to make himself look good. Um, so I, I don't, um, knock him on that. But it's just from a, a really far out, you know, fan perspective when you're, you're looking at the bigger picture of things that, you know, yeah, these are the kind of drives that we need to see if, if fields can execute. You know, mm-hmm. what does everyone talk about is, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, gets the ball back with 27 seconds. You know, Patrick yeah. Mahomes gets the ball back with 23 seconds. And, and they say it feels know, like it's like three minutes, you know. Right. Exactly. And it's if we want you know, Justin Fields to reach anything even close to that, not even to be to the Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes level, but just to be that quarterback that you have trust in that if he has a minute and a timeout or a minute and even no timeouts can, you know, walk down, drive down the field and learn how to work the sidelines, learn how to manage the clock, you know, run up and get the, the, the offense together for a quick spike and, you know, rush the field goal team out there. That that's something we need to see them do. Um, yep. and, and just play in this way, you're not going to ever give them the opportunity to even get the first step of that ball rolling. Yeah. And I'm sure that aggravated fields. I mean, it, actually something very similar happened with Patrick Mahomes this week where he got, he was cursing out Eric the enemy. I don't know if you saw the video because mm-hmm. essentially that he wanted the, he wanted to, you know, get an opportunity to push the ball down the field. The enemy didn't want to give it to him. Um, what I can say is that this, while well, Iberflus, you know, I, I think he has some questionable decisions sometimes. Same with Getsy, like some of his play calls are questionable. It's not to the Nathaniel Hackett level where you actually have to hire, a, a, I don't know if you saw this, but hired a coach mid-season to handle all your in-game management responsibilities. Um, it's not that bad. But what I can say is for a coach that, you're, as you were saying, coaches his players and tells them not to take a single playoff to play hard throughout the entire game to really push themselves play in play out and when they don't do that they he hands them a loaf on, on you know on a sheet uh, at practice the next day Iberflus, in my opinion this week deserves a loaf for taking off an entire series that could have you know potentially cost them the game if things had not gone right towards the end of that half um yeah, yeah. Put and that on I, a headline. Yeah, put put that on a headline. Eberflus gets loaf from Bear Necessities <laughs> podcast host. I'm sure CNN will be picking this one up tomorrow. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, couldn't say it any better myself. Yeah, and and the last thing that I want to get to the offense just needs to take a step up. Like this week, we're gonna have a major opportunity. Team in my eyes, very similar to the Texans. I know the win column, the win loss column. You know doesn't necessarily show that, but a team, in my opinion, that has a lot of similarities to this Texan team that we just played, 
Um, you know, this is a, a potential get right game for the get right game, right? Where they didn't get right in that get right game. Um, and they can actually try to, you know, change some things because right now with this offense, man, and I, I think I texted this to you. I don't see how this offense can win a single game in our division. And we could go for, you know, well, we wouldn't go four and one with that, but we'd go what three and, you know, we could be four and two in the next, you know, couple of weeks and we'll be staring down the barrel at five, uh, divisional games. And then you're counting that up, counting that up. And then you're in a major losing streak. And then that changes the momentum of the entire season. Right. So this offense really does need to find its footing before we play pretty much any of the divisional opponents. And we have the Vikings coming up pretty soon. I think that's, I think they're the next game after the giants actually. So like we, this is the game to, to get right. And you know, Justin Fields, you need to play well this game. Offense needs to work as, as a whole, you know, Matt Eberflus's entire locker room speech was all about working together and not, you know, by without each other, we're nothing right well, offense work together, please. I mean, we need, we need some consistent play out of you guys in the passing game. We're not going to win every single game running the ball, especially when we go down early to some teams with some damn good offenses that we see in our own division. Right. Yep. Yeah. And all I have to say is of these first three weeks, when you look at the two wins that the bears have had, Man, it just honestly, I felt it was so ironic that the Bears won a game like that against Lovey Smith because that just feels like such a Lovey Smith way to win games. <laughs> like they're just scraping by, doing just enough, and then you what? You get the opportunistic play by the defense that basically sets you up for, you know, like a guaranteed outcome. You know, it's just so crazy to me how it's worked out and it just seems like such a bears thing i remember seeing tweets like that i feel like i've seen this bears game like 500 times it's like yeah because if you were watching the bears in the early 2000s like to 2010 this was the same team you're watching during that whole time span so (laughs) i'm just looking for a bit of an evolution out of that keep the defensive components but you know a little less of the the offensive you know starvation and just (laughs) famine on offense but i know we're getting a good run game i kind of feel like if we had matt Nagy this past game we probably would have blown this team out because the one thing matt Nagy knew how to do was blow out bad teams you know he wasn't very good anywhere else but he did know how to blow out bad teams i mean how many times did we blow we blew out bad teams even last year when we were a six win team right so i you know maybe that's a hot, little bit of a hot take um but yeah and I, I have to say one last comment about lovey man does he not just he just looks like he's the old man that returned the NFL that just doesn't doesn't give a shit anymore, man. He's just gonna <laughs> call fake punts where he wants. He's gonna, you know, go for it on fourth down. I like seeing this lovey. He's in this, he finally hit that, you know, old man that doesn't care about what anybody thinks phase of his career. That was a perfect fake punt call, though. I don't care, yeah. you know. I don't care who you are. That is that was perfect. It's it's great when you're sitting there watching as a fan, and it sucks to have it go against your team, but when you're sitting there as a fan and you're caught a little bit off guard by it, but then when it works out, you're like, you know what? I can really see why I did that. You know, the short down and distance, the position on the field, you're like, oh, I should have seen this coming, but still yep. catches you that eensy bit off guard. Yep. All right, man. Well, I, I think that's it. Uh, thank you guys for joining us once again episode uh talking about the giants game will be coming up pretty soon uh just finished watching the game for monday night football and uh they 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 recorded their first loss i don't mean to you know not spoiler alert for anybody that's keeping the game on their dvr this week but 
Don't bother. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't 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 bother, man. It's uh. I mean, this has been the NFL these past two weeks, man. The NFL's offenses have just died this year, man. With the exceptions of like the Dolphins and the the Dolphins, the Bills. And uh, the Eagles, man. I mean, the Packers won a game like fourteen to twelve. Then we had to watch what was it, eleven to ten last night uh, or oh, Sunday night football? Like, like just terrible, man. man. And just watching Russell Wilson <laughs> try to play quarterback now is like torture. I, I don't. It's awful. <laughs> it's funny because we were commenting on how bad the Bears' offense was. I think the Bears were top ten in scoring this this week. <laughs> Isn't <Yeah>. that insane? <laughs> we scored twenty what twenty three points. unbelievable if only matt Nagy could exist in this era (laughs) yeah well we need to bring him back as passing game coordinator we should have retained him (laughs) he's he's the king of the 24 point bears offense regardless of the team you play yep right and then then the very low low like 13 point game and you're just like what were we doing out there Whenever we played a good team, you know we were going to score 10 points. Whenever we played a bad team, we are dipping into the 40s. Every other week, we're playing 24 points. Take it or leave it. Um, yep. But, all right, man, this this was a good podcast. I'm, I'm happy you got, you know, it was a win. It was a win. We need next week to get right. If not, you know, start looking at those Will Anderson highlights because it's going to be a long season. <laughs> the second week that we've referenced that but yep as always uh thank you all for for listening and uh bear down bear down